Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. There is a word that the Lord um, was giving me as um, I was preparing, or at least the title he gave me, um, which is from nothing to overflow. That's the word God gave me. And he said, release that word upon my kids, you know. And I'm here to tell you this today, and I'm going to go through the story and explain it. But I want you to think of your nothing. Whatever it is that you present to God as a nothing, as worthless, as pain, as ache, as you, you can't even see purpose in that situation. How can God bring anything out of this? And God wants you to know today that he's bringing you from nothing to overflow. Okay? And for that, I'm going to start in the reading of 2 Kings um, chapter 4. And I'm going to read on the message uh, translation. And it says, one day, the wife of a man from the guild of the prophets called out to Elijah. So this woman, her husband was part of the prophets. Her husband was a prophet. He hanged out with the prophets. You know, prophets, they know everything, they think. You only know what God shows you. Doesn't mean you know everything. There's always going to be layers and layers and layers and layers of God. We go, his mercies are new every day. The scripture says we go from glory to glory. So we can never get to the point that we say, oh, yeah, I know everything. No. You only know everything up to today. But God's about to teach you something else today. God's about to bring you to even another level. There's not a cap. There's not a limit. The scripture says he causes us to overflow. God never fills you up. God causes you to overflow. Because a river can't be filled. A river can only be caused to overflow. Sometimes we even pray wrong. Oh, God will just fill me. And then he's like, why God hasn't filled me? Because he can't fill you. He makes you overflow. He's just going to be like, it's like taking that coffee thing and then just letting the coffee run and run. In the natural, I'm going to be like, what are you doing? I would even tell you that. You're going to be like, well, tell me to overflow. I mean in the spirit. <laughs> Not in, don't, don't leave all the faucets open and then we get a flood in here, you know. But in the spirit, overflows are awesome. Here is like, we could drown. We're going to pay bills. We got to fix now, you know. In, in the kingdom of God, everything's the opposite. So in the kingdom, you could make an overflow and it could be a raging storm, a raging river of glory. And that's how it's going to be in eternity, just overflow, overflow, and it won't even stop. So anyways, going back to this lady's story. Um, she said, your servant, my husband, is dead. You will know what a good man he was, devoted to God. And now the man to whom was in debt, or he was in debt with, is on his way collecting by taking my two children as slaves. So her husband was a powerful prophet. He was a good man. But now he's gone. And now she's left with a debt. She has a situation, and the debt collector's coming to take her kids away. And she said, Elijah... And Elijah said, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? And I think that's a question God is asking you today. I know you're like, oh, God, my children. Oh, God, my job. Oh, God, my finances. Oh, God, my husband. Oh, God, my wife. 
they're gone. The enemy's going to take it away. What am I going to do? Oh, my God, they're going to take my church away. Oh, God, uh, uh, they're, gonna, they're threatening to take my job away. Oh, God, my friends, they want to leave me. What, what do I do? And God's asking you today, oh, I have a question. What do you have in your house? It takes God just to do something like this. God will always confront you with some random thing that you're like, what are you talking about? My house? I'm talking to you about a need that I have. I'm telling you, God, I have nothing. I'm, I'm, they're threatening to take my kids away, and you're asking me what I have? Does that even make sense? Because we're going to come to God and be like, God, just give me the answer. God, just provide. Oh, God, I have a need. Okay, here, money. Bye. Like when we go to mommy and daddy. Oh, mommy, daddy, I want this. And then you expect your parents to go, here you go. That's not God. God could do that for a season or for a time in your life. But God's calling you to maturity. God's calling you to grow up. God's calling you to, like, figure some things out with him. And to realize that nothing is not a waste. That you might think you don't have nothing. You might think your biggest struggle, your biggest issue right now, your biggest heart pain right now is nothing. And God's about to teach you something. So he's looking at you like, what you got in your house? Tell me, tell me one question. I know you worry about your husband. I know you worry about your kids. But what do you have? I know you've been worried about your husband. You've been worried about your job. You've been worried about your church. You've been worried about your mom. You've been worried about your dad. And God's like, what do you have? Can, can you tell me what do you have? And her first answer is nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. And I could just see the prophet looking at her. And then for me, the prophet resembles God at this moment. Like, do you, do you have nothing? And then she goes, well, I do have a little oil. I mean, they're about to take your kids away. They're about to be human trafficked. Her husband died. And then she's like, I got a little bit of oil. Oh, this is why I brought this perfume. I got a little bit of oil. I just brought this perfume so I could put perfume later on. But God's now like, <laughs> you see, all you got is your obsession, right? <laughs> and you, all you have is the one thing you're obsessed with. <laughs> I just read it. I'm like, obsession. <laughs> the one thing you're caught up with is all you got. Oh, I have nothing. Well, I have this. I have this. This little obsession I have. This little problem, you know. That's so funny. <laughs> he cracks me up. <laughs> now I realize. <laughs> I love you, Lord. And she goes, well, I do have a little of oil. I mean, what does a little bit of oil for cooking have to do with your husband dead and your kids being trafficked? Your kids are being taken away. There's a death, and they're going to take my kids. But I have a little bit of oil. Do you not know that God is the God of wonders? Do you not know that God is the God of glory? That he will take something that has nothing to do with your situation and bring him right into your situation? It will be like, well, I have a pencil. Okay, that's enough. I have a cup of water. I have sneakers. I don't know what it is that you have. 
but you have something. The devil's been lying to you. Your situation has been lying to you, telling you you have nothing. But that is a lie. There's something that you have, and what you have is a little bit of oil. Just enough. Can't even survive. Who's going to drink oil here for dinner? Do I all have a little bit of oil? You know, have you been to that situation where that was it? You know? And he goes, here's what you will do, said Elijah. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. Wait, my kids are about to be taken away. My husband just died. And you're telling me to knock on people's door. Hey, you got a bowl? Hey, you got a jug? Dun, dun, dun. Imagine I can. Hey, you got, you got a bowl. You got a bowl. Can, can somebody give me a bowl? Even right now, if somebody came down the street, like, can I get a bowl? You'll see the homeless sign. They're like, I need a bowl. Do you need money? No, I need a bowl. <laughs> you know? God didn't even say, go borrow money. God didn't say, go bother, um, borrow food. God says, go get bowls. How many of you, if God gave you an answer like that, you're going to do it? Let's be real. Go, go get vessels. Go get bowls. Go get empty jugs. Just gather as many as you can. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm just going to gather jugs. It might not make sense. But he said in Isaiah 55, he said one thing. He says, your ways are not my ways. And your thoughts, your thoughts are not my thoughts. See, he's, you have to know one thing about God. He's creator. The first revelation he gave us in the, in, in the book of Genesis is he's creator. And he uses the things you don't think he could use or the things that he's going to use, like me. The kid that was in the club, the kid that was suicidal, the kid that thought had HIV. Guy's like, yeah, I'm going to put this kid from the club and bring him right to the altar. I'm serious. I'm not making up stories. I, I'm very proud of my testimony. Many years, people are like, don't say that story. Don't share that testimony. I'm like, ha ha, I found the power in my story. I'm going to tell the whole world my story. Nobody going to stop me. I was like, you don't like my story? Cover your ears and run. Because I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to shut up because I've seen the glory of God. I've seen God take nothing to a little bit of oil to the rest that's coming. Amen? I've seen God gather an empty bowl. And he didn't leave it empty. He doesn't leave anything empty. If he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, then what is going to be empty? If when the, even in the book of Acts, when they were there praying, 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 I, don't, I wonder what these guys were thinking. Like, Jesus left on the clouds. Now he left us here waiting. Nobody's ever going to believe us. We saw him flying away. Like, imagine if we saw, if you saw me right now, like, fly away. Bye, guys. Boof. You're going to be like, let's not tell nobody. Because they're not going to believe Abraham flew away. Like, he just flew right away, right in front of our faces, right? Like, something like that could happen. It's happened through the Bible. It happened to Elijah, and he saw Elijah take off. Like, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> like, just process what just happened. And then they're waiting and praying. And then out of nowhere, the mighty rushing wind of God blew through that place. That place was empty. 
and all of a sudden the Bible says it filled every empty space. That's what the power of God does. He finds something empty. So you must realize one thing. He's creator and he's provider. And anything that's empty will be filled. If the glory of God came in here, even though empty boxes of tissues will be filled. Every empty corner, every crevice in this place will be filled with the majesty of God. And then he tells her, go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few. Don't go get one. Go get a whole bunch of empty bottles. Like, really? God. Run up and I need bottles. Empty bottles. Give me bottles. And I'm going to get to the point. Because there's a big point to this. <laughs> All you can get, then come home and lock the door behind you. You and your sons. And when God calls you to do something crazy, sometimes God's going to tell you to do something. You're not even supposed to tell nobody about it. You're supposed to. Did God say he's going to do something? Let me go. I remember years ago when, God, when I was home crying because people were calling me names in church. And God said, why are you there crying? He said, get up. He said, with the same sword that Goliath was going to kill David, David cut off Goliath's head. See, the very thing that was created to destroy you is the very thing you're going to use. You've been telling God, get rid of that sword. I don't want to use that sword. God's like, no, this is the sword. Oh, oh, those names people called you, that accusation, that pain you've been going through, God says, pick it up. Pick it up. I know you don't want to pick it up. I know it's too heavy for you. I know it hurts. I know when you pick up that sword, it reminds you of what you've been through. It reminds you of your shame. It reminds you of your pain. But God is saying, pick it up. Because with the same sword that Goliath went to strike at David, David took it away and cut off Goliath's head. The very weapon created to destroy you, God has given it and placed it in your hands. He's like, let me show you what I'm going to do with this shame. Let me show you what I'm about to do with this pain. You're about to defeat your enemy. The enemy was coming, and God's like, this little bit that you have, put it in your hands. Obey me. Listen to the steps that I'm giving you. Obey my leading. Obey my spirit. That's why he said in the book of Acts, it will be a benefit to you that I leave. For when I leave, I will send you a friend. And this friend, he's going to lead you to all truth. The, the Spirit of God is going to show you exactly what to do with something that seems so impossible. In the impossible, God reveals, I am possible. Read the word. Look at it right now in your mind. Impossible. Learn how to read that word. You're reading it earthly. Read it in the Spirit. Is I am possible with Christ all things are possible if you believe all things are possible for you amen hallelujah so she goes he says close the door close the door just close the door go into your secret place and do what God has called you to do and close the door close the door to the people, close the door to those that don't understand because they were not there present when God gave you that word. The prophet was there and you were there. Obey what you received and go do it. It might seem silly. It might not make sense. Like I was given in that testimony, people were calling me names and God says with the same sword that David, um, Goliath was going to kill David. David cut off Goliath's head. And then he said, and, with the, and the sword 
Imagine the word sword in your mind. And he goes, and the sword is a symbol of words. Take the S at the beginning of sword and put it at the end. And what does it spell? Words. He goes, and with the same words that Satan is trying to kill you, you're going to get up in his territory and you're going to cut off his false authority over your head. And then God said, like that. He sat me in the show. He said, get up because you're going to a bar tonight. And I got up. And when I told my dad, I'm going to a bar. What do you mean? My father, the preacher, Christian. Yeah. He was like, what do you mean? You're going to a club. Blah, blah, blah. And I tried to explain to him. And he was screaming at me, oh, when I left the world, I left all those things behind. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I'm from the church that the Bible says the gates of hell should not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And I remember I slammed the door. I'm not telling you to go to slam the door in your father's face. I was just angry because I was going through so much suffering because of the church, because of believers that couldn't believe, calling me names and putting me, putting me through shame. But God, even at that moment, now that I'm seeing it, I still shut the door. Like, I'm like, oh, I did shut the door. <laughs> I did it right. I just had a wrong tone because I was mad. And even when I left, God said, call your father and apologize. And I did. I really did. I'm not saying I did so I could look good. I really did. If I didn't, I'll tell you I didn't. But I did. And then when I got to that club, God saved a young lady. I'm getting off the car. She sees me shining. She's the one that sees the glory of God. God saves her. Raise up a ministry. So the very words the ministry is called, God adores you. Right? So from here, all those years before, March 17, 2007, I'm in my home crying, full of shame. And now we're in, what's it? Now we're in 2021. Almost 15 years later. And the same kid that was ashamed of his story here has walked through the streets of New York City, through the streets of Tampa, through the streets of Orlando. We've gone to so many places using that story, using that shameful testimony, but now on this side is a testimony of glory. That same kid that was hiding in a basement, crying, wanting to kill himself because believers were making fun of him because his story would never make sense. 15 years later, that kid is a pastor at the resting place, South Tampa campus. Okay? That's what God does. And I've seen people that you would never think come to Jesus. Yeah, like gays, like homeless, like prostitutes. I've seen drag queens speak in tongues. Oh, yeah, I have. I've seen the power of God like you don't know. And that's why I've become so bold. I wasn't always this bold. I was walking in shame. I was walking in pain. The debt collector was coming and telling me, oh, the word God gave you is not going to pass. The God that you serve is dead. Those times are over. You're full of shame. You're full of sin. And you're never going to make it anywhere. But the devil is a liar. God is the author and finisher of my faith and the good work he began in me. He's faithful to complete it. That's what I've discovered. And that's what this lady has discovered. But you have to shut the door. Stop looking back at your old church. Stop looking back at your friends. Stop looking back at your family. Stop looking back at your pain. And simply obey what God has asked you to do. Just do it with all your heart. If God said draw, then draw. If God said sing, then sing. If God said raise up a ministry, then raise up a ministry. Let the critics stand here and mock you. Let them stand here and laugh at you. If God told you to move someplace and you moved, and now your family saying, oh, well, that's what you get when you move. It don't matter. You move because you trusted the word of God. 
Because you believed in your heart that God was faithful. Because you believed that he was leading you. And when you're going through the storm, when you're going through the valley of shadow of death, even there, you must believe that it was God that called you, that it was God that chose you, that it was God that gave you the command. So, yeah, everything's storming, but I'm going to hold on for dear life. If you said, I'm going to the other side, then to the other side I will go because I didn't give the word. You gave the word, and your words are dependable and true. What comes out of your mouth shall come to pass in its time and in its season. So I'm holding on with everything I have to you. I'm going to believe you, so I'm shutting the door, and I'm going to get busy. If God gave you a command, if God gave you some, God gave you an idea, God gave you a business, God gave you a prophetic word, I'm going to tell you a word now. So it will carry you through 2022. Shut the door and get busy. Get busy. Whatever it is that God told you to do, start doing it. Just start doing it. It doesn't need to make sense to your husband. It doesn't need to make sense to your wife. It doesn't need to make sense to your pastor. It doesn't need to make sense to no one. If God gave you a word, if God gave you a dream, shut the door and get busy with the work. Just get busy. Just do it. Oh, but people are not showing up. It don't matter if people don't show up. Get busy with what you're doing. If you're faithful in the little and the greater, I will bless you, declares the Lord. I will bless you indeed. I will enlarge your territory. I will cause you to expand. I will cause your branches to go so far out. Your leaf will not fall. Your fruit will multiply. Jesus. Woo, feel the Holy Ghost right there. Woo. Woo. Felt fire right there. I was like, <laughs> something just happened. Something just clicked in somebody. I don't know. I'm, I, don't, I don't even feel like I'm speaking. <laughs> I feel like something just clicked. I, I hear a click. I hear a click. <laughs> you clicked? <laughs> really? Wow. Well, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Something clicked. <laughs> Woo, glory be to God. So she did what so she did what he said. You need to go do what he says. And you don't need nobody's approval. If God said prepare a bowl of food and take it to the homeless, prepare the bowl of food and take it to the homeless, you're not going to end up with the overflow. You're not going to end up with the ministry if you don't know how to do it secretly, if you don't know how to just take that one. When you do the one, that one is going to stir up your heart, and then you're going to go do your two. And after you do your two, your heart is going to be more filled, and then you're going to go do your three. And then from the, your three, you're going to go to your four. From your four, you're going to go to your five. And years later, people are going to be like, can you come over to my church and teach us how it's done? You know that people think I'm this powerful evangelist now? I'm like, what are they talking about? I just love people. I don't do it for titles. I don't do it for no. I see their identity. I see who they are in the spirit. I'm just like, Dad, I want to capture your kids with you. You don't realize I'm playing tag this whole time. When do you get to heaven? You're going to be like, Abraham, we were playing tag? I was like, yeah. I was trying to tell you guys. <laughs> I'm not even playing. Watch. <laughs> Wait until we get there. It's going to be so wonderful. <laughs> it doesn't even look like that in this dimension at all. <laughs> when we get there, it's going to be like, 
Guys, I was playing the whole time. I was just trying to catch you guys. I have like a net, and I'm catching God's kids, and I'm bringing them to God. I'm telling you, and I give them over to God. <laughs> Wait until you see me in heaven with my big old net. <laughs> You're going to be like, Abraham is the net. Yeah. How do fishermen catch fish? With a net. <laughs> Jesus told Peter, cast your net. And he got a bunch of fish. What do you think I'm doing? You don't see it in the literal. But every time I'm preaching to somebody, every time I'm loving on you, you're trying to run away. You're trying to give up. I'm like, nope, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Go back in the presence of God. I know it's animated until you get there. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. You're going to be like, this is really wonderful place. I'm like, I don't know why God chose me to show me. I don't know why he chose me to show me wonder, but I'm glad he did. I don't care. I'll end up in a psychiatric ward. They're going to get healed. Like, Put me in there. You're going to be out of a business because they're going to get healed, delivered, or we're all just going to teleport into glory. A bunch of Enoch's vanishing into the glory. They'll probably get me better. <laughs> they're like, we've been here this whole time too. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've seen people pass away, and I see when their eyes are opening up to the eternal realm, and I'm like, no way. It really is real. When my aunt passed away, she's like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And everybody in my family is like, oh, I think she's having hallucinations. I'm like, oh, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's going into the glory. She sees the beauty. She was hugging people. She's like, you're here, and you're here, and you're here. My aunt never went to church, but she gave her life to Jesus three weeks before she passed away. And as she was dying, she was hugging people. Oh, it's so good to see that you're here. And you, you're here too. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And she'll back, go back to sleep. And I'm like, this is like a wonderful, scary movie. It's like, it's like scary because you're seeing something that's not normal. But it was marvelous, the things she was describing. Until the point that she said, change my clothes. For I have died and now I live. And I knew she was in the glory. Some of us are already taking quick peeks up in there. I'm like right there like, oh, snap, I see you guys. I see you. <laughs> it's like that. Wait until your, your spiritual eyes open. You're like, oh, I think I got to go home now and rest because I see beauty. It's not even that you see scared. Back, back in the day, I used to see demons everywhere, shadows, demons, nightmares. I used to have dreams of demons chasing me. Now I have dreams of God scooping me up, and I'm like, whoa. He could tell you. My friends and family sleep over my house. They're like, you didn't let me sleep. You've been laughing all night. I'm like, really? You've been speaking in tongues all night long. I'm like, how awesome is that? Sometimes I run around the house like, wake up, the glory, the glory. They're like, whoa, you're scaring us. What? And I'm like, there's nothing scary. Why are you scared? It's all wonderful. But because we don't understand, we miss it. But if we were to see it, you're all going to be skipping and hopping and dancing and praising and singing. All of them at the same time. <laughs> Because God is great and God is wonderful. I can't even preach without going to the glory. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, remember the message. Go back to the message. Accomplish the purpose. <laughs> I'm gone. It looks like I'm here preaching. I am gone. <laughs> it's so much joy. I'm, I literally, I'm experiencing heaven right now. It looks like I'm standing on the altar, but I'm experiencing the winds of glory flowing right through my body. It's wonderful. There's angels all in this room. There's so much, so much peace. Peace is your portion. Peace is your portion. Chaos is not yours. 
Chaos is not. There's an angel and he's placing a crown over your head right now. And on the crown it says peace. He's crowned you with peace. So do not fear for it's not your portion. God says black is not even your color. Colors are your color. So go back to your colors. You're not a widow. You're a bride. I've turned your mourning into dancing. I've clothed you with righteousness. You should see how beautiful you are right now. A man is trying to take your worth away. Do not lose your worth. Do not lose your worth, for it's not who you are. You are such a heavenly queen. You're literally like a heavenly diva. You really are. And you have a really big crown. And on the base of the crown, it says peace. Peace. God wants you to be still and know that he's God. Peace. Be still. Be still. Because if you move, the crown is not going to land right. Just be still. And I see the Lord's like, don't move that way. Don't move that way. I'm trying to place that crown on your head. It's not, it's not going to be lopsided. It's going on straight. That's what I see. It's aligned. It's, this, it's aligned. It's, your crown is aligned with heaven. So he's putting it straight down on your head. So receive the peace of the Lord. There's a big angel behind you right now. So just be peace. Just peace. Just, just receive the peace. I see, I, see, I see like the hand of the Lord just going like that. Almost like, almost like a leaf that's flowing and then it just captures you. <laughs> you sneaking a look. <laughs> I just saw you from the physical realm looking right into the spirit. I'm like... I see exactly what he's saying. <laughs> You're coming right in. You're coming. This is your place. You've been asking you, what, what's my place? This is your place. This is your place. And this is where you speak from. <laughs> no, why not? <laughs> like, ah, I'm not ready to receive it all. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> You're like looking through this hole and you see it. You're like, can it be? And God said, like, there's a river that's going to gush out of that hole and just splatter you in the face. And it's going to hit you, and then the river turns into a hand. It hits you, and then it grabs you and pulls you right in. Watch. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to contain myself. You don't have to. <laughs> it's freedom indeed. That's what I'm giving you is freedom indeed. <laughs> I'm really trying to go back to the preaching. <laughs> Is down there somewhere. <laughs> I, I left the building. <laughs> I, I'm really trying to focus. You don't understand. I'm really trying to focus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I see Angie over there dancing. She's like, woohoo, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so wonderful i don't even understand how can i see so much wonder it's like wow oh thank you father god for your presence it truly there's truly fullness of joy in his presence <laughs> jessica sticking her head in now <laughs> jessica's like hmm? <laughs> hallelujah so she did what he said she locked the door behind her and her sons as they brought the containers to her, she filled them. 
that little bit of oil all of a sudden started filling empty vessels. You thought you were empty. You thought you had nothing. And that little bit that you have, just the little bit, that little drop that you have all of a sudden in the hands of God, in the hands of obedience, that little bit is multiplying itself. Now every empty vessel that you are encountering is being filled. Is being filled. That's why you're not filled. You, you fill, but you, over, you are overflowing so then you can fill. And I, I see you like, a, like, I see you guys as gas pumps. You, you in there are full to overflowing. Said all these cars are coming and you're filling them. And then the next one comes. And you say, don't be afraid to give of yourself. Don't be afraid. You don't give to be loved. You give because you are loved. And whether people appreciate you or not, whether people hurt you or not, give of yourself. Give of yourself because what you're giving is what you have freely received. You have freely received the love of the Father. It cannot be contained. It has to come from you. So let it just flow. Let it just flow. Let it just flow and let them be filled. The day will come when they all will be grateful. They will see who you really were. And maybe they won't see it here on earth. But the day they step into eternity, they're going to be like, this is who you were? This is what you were doing for us all along. It's not only going to be Jesus, but you as an ambassador of Christ, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your enemies are going to enter the kingdom. And they're going to see the majesty that you are also. And they're going to come and say, thank you. We heard at you. We were wounding you. We lied about you. We cheated on you. We betrayed you. We cursed you. And you were still loving me. You were still praying for me because all things will be seen. Everything that is seen before the eyes of God will be seen by your eyes one day. By all our eyes. And you'll see who was praying for you. You, you see who was lifting you up. Not everybody that's praying for you is your friend or calls you on the phone and says, what's up? There's people in other places that are praying for you. There's people that you met once and you don't even know that those people are praying for you. There's people that you met years ago and you touched their hearts and you haven't seen them in 50, in 20 years. But those people are still praying for you. Hallelujah. And it says, and she filled them when all the jugs and bowls were full. She said to one of her sons, another jug, please. Now it seems like, please, another one. Before it was like, I only have a little bit of oil, but now she's, she's wanting more vessels. Because when you start pouring out, you start discovering the joy. You start discovering your purpose. You start discovering that what God told you did come to pass. You'll see that your nothing all of a sudden became an overflow of glory. So it's just flowing. And then the son says, hey, there's no more jugs. And then the oil stopped. The oil stopped when there were no more vessels. But you know that the streets are full of vessels. There's people everywhere that are empty. The Bible says, for in these vessels, there is a great treasure. In these vessels, there's a powerful oil. Inside of you, there is an anointing. Inside of you, there is such a glory. And there's so many people out there waiting for you. And it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. Your ministry is not going to look like this. 
Your ministry might be giving out food to the hungry. Your ministry might be uh, decorating cookies with women that have been trafficked. You know, think about how powerful this is going to be. These were little girls that were abused, raped, sold, brought into prostitution. Their innocence has been destroyed. But what do little girls like to do with their daddies for Christmas and their mommies? Decorate cookies? Do you not see the Spirit? Everything we do, look at it through the eyes of the Spirit. And you will see that these broken women that lost their innocence, lost their purity, God is slowly introducing them back to the heart of a little girl, to the heart of simplicity, to the heart of beauty. When we think it like that, we should all be there going, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, can I just give you a hug? Oh, you're so strong. You're so pure. You're so, that's what we should be doing. We should all be there as they're decorating. We should be, we should be the angels. We should be there writing little notes. We should go in there with so many gifts and, and even surprise the ministry. Be like, you're precious and you're beautiful and you're strong and you're wonderful. Imagine what will happen to those women's hearts. They could be set free forever. I'm telling you, we are more powerful than what we think. The thing is that we don't think that far. We don't think that great. We don't think that wonderful. What if your church hurt? What could, what could, I know here it looks like church hurt. I know here it looks like a betrayal. I know here it looks like an abandonment. But what if you take that betrayal? What if you take that pain? What if you take that sorrow and you put it in the hands of God? You already know what it feels like to be abandoned. So I think you're the perfect candidate to help somebody that's been abandoned. I know you've been hurt through the church. I think you will be the best pastor. Because when people come to your church, you're going to be like, oh, come over here. I love you. I love you. You can tell your brothers and sisters you love them. You did it when you were little. You're still little. You don't know it. You're your father's child. But imagine your pain, what it can look like in the glory. You're going to tell me everybody here would not go out right now and create chaos in the kingdom of darkness? We will knock down the gates of hell, for the gates of hell should not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. We're going to go where the captives are, where the prisoners are, where the broken are. Be like, we know the way out. Come, let's go. We sneak them out. Just bring them out. If you were in bondage, you know how those chains feel. Who better to break chains off the ones that are in bondage? You were a captive. So who better to know what a captive feels like? Who better can show passion and emotion and love and tenderness and goodness and kindness than another one that used to be a captive. If you were an addict, you know exactly what addicts go to. If you were abused, you know exactly. If you were religious. Let's talk about the religious for a moment. Some of you, some of us over here were straight up religious, heathen, Christian going, church going, tongue speaking, heathens. But God has set us free and free indeed. So let's not judge our old brothers and sisters and religion. How about we said we're going back to the enemy's camp. We call them churches, but a lot of those places are the territory of Satan. But it's not their fault. They've been deceived just like we've been deceived. Satan has taken God's word and twisted it to corruption. But now we know who we are. So we're going back to those churches too. 
and we're going to bring some glory right up in this place. We're going to, yeah, they, they're going to attack you at first because they think you're against them, but they don't even know you're for them. Every human being is a child of God, and it's up to us to go to them and remind them. Remind How many times God hasn't had to remind you? This week, God reminded me like a hundred times. This week alone, and I'm the pastor. So I know God been reminding everybody up in here that you are a child of God. God's been reminding you that you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people acquired by God. Because the devil is busy trying to discourage us. But God is busy blessing us. God is busy restoring us, transforming us, constantly bringing us back to that place of wholeness. So we join the forces of God. Come, let's get them out. Let's get them out. One by one. Love, love the religious. Love the sinner. Love them all. They're going to wake up. And they're going to come. And then your army gets bigger. Oh, but they're not coming. But you got to go get them. And you go get them, then they will come. And when they come, you will grow. And then you all go out together. And more come. And more go. And then more come. And more go. And the cycle won't stop. Amen? So, share. So, love. So, grow. So, restore. So, go and heal. Go share your testimony. Go be powerful. This is the Christmas season. Perfect time. And I said it before, and I feel like I have to say it again. If you have family members you no longer talk to, maybe they're so religious, you just can't stand it. Well, God couldn't stand your junk. And you know what he did? He didn't push you away. He became your junk, transformed your junk, and now it looks glorious. For he who knew no sin, that's what the Bible says. Romans, he who knew no sin became sin so you could know the righteousness of God. He literally went into the dark place where you were at so you could, because he knew you couldn't go over there and meet the light over there. So he brought the light into the darkness and then with his light walked you out of darkness and brought you into marvelous light. And when he brings you to marvelous light, you're like, woohoo, let's go to the darkness. Why do you think I'm always going? Because I'm trying to be famous? Because I'm trying to be popular? Because I need people to know who Abraham is? No. Most of the people in the street don't even know my name is Abraham. Well, what's your name? His name is Jesus. What matters is his name. You remember, maybe you'll never see me again. But let me tell you, invoke his name. Cry out to his name and he shall answer you. And then I go and I'm like, I'll see you in heaven. If I don't see you here again, let's meet at the wedding. There is a wedding. When you die, I tell every single person I meet, I was like, when you die, there's a wedding, and it's your wedding, and you're invited to your own wedding. Will you come? Will you come to your wedding? They're like, I will be there. Good. You're going to get married to the prince. His name is Jesus, and he loves you so much. He came to this world, so you wouldn't lost, be lost. He brought you from darkness into marvelous light, so he'll be waiting for you there. And I'll say hi to you when I'm in heaven. Make sure you say hi to me. They're like, oh, my God, I will. And, I'm like, and then I'm like, bye. I know those people go home like, I met a man. He told me we'll meet in heaven one day. You know, like, I'm like, yes. Messing people's heads up. Like, I'm like, we are in the matrix. <laughs> Anyways, look, I'm done. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.